0: I would share something with you before we get into kind of my pastoral prayer time here, and and that is just uh, sharing some scriptures that kind of relate to that God has a purpose for you. Um, Sometimes we wonder, you know, with what's going on in our lives, you know, is there really a purpose here uh, and all that? Um, And there's a lot of scriptures we could go to. Um, One that I'll share with you here is uh, Psalm 138, verse 8 says, the Lord will fulfill His purpose for me, uh, for steadfast. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of Your hands. And so, um, of course, the implication there, if He says He will fulfill the purpose uh, for your life, that He has one, right? And so, let's just remember that. You know, it can be easy to forget that uh, when we're really going through a difficult time, is that God has a purpose for our lives. Another scripture. Um Psalm fifty seven two, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Another again just another scripture there, and then um where's the one I had here? Another one. Oh yeah, um we've mentioned this actually here recently um in a in a message I gave Ephesians two ten. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so just knowing that God has prepared beforehand things for us to do, again, shows that he has a purpose for our lives, right? And it doesn't matter what your situation is. If you're homebound, if you're, um, you know, whatever your particular struggle or situation is, God is not limited right to to use you for his glory. And ultimately that's our purpose is to give him glory. I mean in everything we're doing, right? In and how we do it and what we're doing. And so uh I just want to keep that in mind as we as we go to prayer here. Let's let's go to God. Heavenly Father, we we do thank you that you have a purpose for our lives. And sometimes it may be difficult to see that purpose and uh, the design behind it. So this requires faith. God, uh, we, we just pray that you'd help us where we may be struggling in our faith to trust you that in the things that are going on in our lives, you have a purpose. Uh, you have a purpose for those things, and you have a purpose specifically for our lives to have a kingdom impact as believers and followers of Jesus. And Father, I just pray that any of us, if we be lacking hope, lacking um, faith to believe you in that, God, I just pray that you'd strengthen those that, have, uh, that are really struggling, that are really, uh, in a sense, weak in faith right now, who are, who are um, losing heart, God. Just we pray, pray for them, that you would strengthen them as the scriptures say, in their inner man, in their inner person, so that they would um, um persevere and to trust. And so Lord, we um we we also want to lift up as a church family uh folks in our church family and friends who might be struggling um just health wise right now need your your healing touch in their physical bodies they might be fighting disease Lord we just pray for them we pray uh, that they would cling to you and and also trust you and and we, and we pray god we we know you're able to heal we we do pray that you would, and uh we trust you with that god and uh we we just pray here this morning, God, for this time in your word, would you pour out your spirit uh here would you God strengthen us as we as we come to your word, would you Help us to hear what you have to say. Um, as, as Paul prayed, enlighten the eyes of our heart. God, help our hearts to see the truth and help us to apply it in our own lives. God, give us that insight. Give us that wisdom. And so Lord, we, we commit all these things to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, this morning, we're going to be looking at a prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Colossae. So, we're just going to dive right in. If you're able to stand, why don't you stand with me in honor of God's Word. Let's read it together out loud. It's Colossians 1, verses 9 to 14 here in the ESV version. Let's read it aloud together. giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is God's Word. Please have a seat. Real catchy title here, right? Paul's prayer for the Colossians. I really can't think of anything else to because there's a lot of like there's a lot of things in here, so it was kind of hard to pick one theme. So I'm just kind of sticking with what uh it is, right? Um now I'm really starting off with a softball point here, and that is who is Paul praying for? Okay. Who is it? The Colossians. I'm so glad you got that. All right. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, and um, you may not know this, but uh, earlier in that chapter 1, let me just, I, I don't have it up here on the screen, but earlier in that chapter 1, he says, in verse 3, um, to the Colossians, he says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus our beloved fellow servant. And I'm I'm mentioning that because uh, basically Paul has never met these people. He's not met these believers. Uh, He knows them through this believer named Epaphras. Epaphras is the one who took them the gospel. And um, it's just so encouraging to see somebody fired up uh, praying for somebody they've never met. Don't you think that would be a little challenge? To be like fervently, passionately praying for someone you've never seen face to face. Right? Uh, but here he is. He's, he's, he's passionately laying out this prayer for them. He's writing this letter to them. And um, and so uh it, it's good for us to see that uh you know Paul is is that kind of a guy where he's like, you know, <clears throat> I know this this fledgling church. Um, I, I know there's ministry going on in there, and, and and it's not just that he's praying for them fervently. But in verse nine of um, Colossians one, it says, uh, "From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you." He's it, ongoing, regular on the prayer list. You know, you get this feeling that just almost maybe daily he was just bringing these believers before. God's throne and praying for them. Uh, just a great example of, con- you know, of just being consistent and, and you know, because he doesn't, you know, we can't see what's going on in the spiritual realm. We might see some effects here on the, on the ground level, but, but so he's just continually, uh, you know, taking the fight to the heavenlies like we were talking about last week, how it's, we know that prayer really is, a, is an engagement in, in spiritual warfare. Um, but it's just encouraging to see that from the, it says from the day we have heard of you we you not cease to pray for you and i don't know if you caught that because i kind of read it without having the scripture up here but earlier in colossians in his opening part there he's just excited uh because of it says it says uh, since we heard of your faith in jesus in verse 4 chapter 1 colossians Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints so he's like i'm just i'm just thanking God that your love for each other is growing and your love for Jesus is growing and your faith is expanding. And and um, um, I, I'm kind of just lifting up Paul's example here because what's his situation? He's in jail. This is one of the prison letters. Um, and I'm just like, what a great mindset. He's not like... I heard of all the great things happening here. I don't know why they're not happening to me. You know, he's he's not complaining about that. He's just he just knows that God is at work in his own situation. And as a kind of um, as we did before my opening prayer, just realizing that he's got a purpose. He's got a purpose for his imprisonment. He's got a purpose for these believers, and he's he's rejoicing with them. He's excited about their successes. Um, and I think that's a good word for us. You know, are we excited about each other's successes? Um, even maybe when we aren't experiencing uh, what we would consider, you know, gaining ground spiritually, or because our circumstances are more difficult than someone else. That's that takes the Holy Spirit, right? It really takes us to be filled with the Holy Spirit if we're going to be able to respond um, and rejoice with someone else. Um, when we ourselves are not particularly in a great situation, right? And so, so just Paul's opening part of the prayer here just really strikes me that he's just praying regularly, he's, he's, uh, he's praising God for these people he's never met, and that uh, he's rejoicing even for them and their spiritual gains, if you will, uh, regardless of his own situation. And so he's just a a man of faith. He's just trusting God uh, as he prays, uh, prays along here. So now let's get into the what. What is Paul praying for the Colossians? There's there's kind of two big ideas in here, and then there's some uh, supporting um, things in those prayers that we'll look at. But one is just that uh, he's praying they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. He's praying that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Let's see where we're getting that. It, it states uh, uh, that fairly plainly in verse 9, where he says, And so from the day we heard of you, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. right? In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So he's, he's praying that they would know what God's heart is for their lives, what is his will. Um, and we see this in a number of different places in Scripture where Paul's praying that, I pray that you would know what the will of God is. And, um, and we, you know, there's, there's many places in Scripture, so many places where we can know specifically what God's desire for us is. Right, there's other things that we make decisions about, um, you know, should I take this job? Should I take that job? Uh, should I marry this person? Should I marry that person? And there's spiritual wisdom that we can get from scriptures, from the scriptures that might guide us in that. But many times, you know, you're not going to get a word from God that says this is the job, right? Um, often it's it's several good options, right? Maybe several bad ones, but maybe several good ones. And so, uh, what I'm getting at here is just simply saying when he's praying. Uh, that they would understand be filled with the knowledge of God's will I really think he's getting at God's revealed will the, that's in the scriptures in this letter to them in the other uh you know all all the other the totality of scripture you know when we look at it from our vantage point we know that God's will as he expresses it there in the scriptures we have so so much of it just compiled for us right here and um But he's asking that they would know it, that they would understand what God's will is. Now, um, a good question to ask ourselves is, is that a pursuit of ours? Is that something that we are after? Is that something that we would spend time to do, is to to get into the Scriptures, to, to, to know God better, but also to understand His will, His desire for our lives? And that's something that you need to, do as a as a believer, if you want to grow spiritually, that's going to be something that's going to be a regular part of your diet. And spiritually, is the Word of God, so that you can grow in your knowledge of who God is and how He operates, but also just you would know His will. Um, I want to re- uh, remind you of a verse here back in, it's in Jeremiah. I don't have it on the screen for you, but you can just jot this down. Jeremiah 9. 23 and 24, Jeremiah nine twenty-three and 24, where it says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Well, it pretty much this takes away everything that the world's supporting itself upon, right? <laughs> you take away the money, take away, uh, you know, this, this general wisdom and knowledge. Um, and, and then, or your strength, your power—I mean, those are all things that you know. Um, many just say, "Well, that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for." Uh, in verse 24, here he says, "But let him who boasts boast in this: that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight." there's the Lord. Hey, you know, when God says he delights in something, we gotta like highlight it, star it, circle it, whatever you do in your Bible, because like that's amazing. That the God of the universe would tell us he delights in something. Uh, and so what we need to do is see that he delights in the fact that we would be in a place where we're, we're going after God's will. We want to know and understand what what he's like and, and what he has for our lives. What is his will, and the only way we're going to do that is is in prayerful, spirit filled, studying the scriptures, right? Because this is where the revealed will of God is is right here in the scriptures. Okay, um, and uh, there's so many things we don't know, right? So many things we don't know. We don't know uh, what some would call the secret will of God, but but we know His revealed will. It's right here in the scriptures. Um, and so, you know, is that a is that a passion of yours? Maybe if it's not, then maybe we ought to ask God to create within us a hunger to know His will, to grow in our understanding and our knowledge of God. Now, um, it's it's interesting to note too that in that verse nine here, what does He say? He says, asking that you be filled with the knowledge of His will, and there's kind of a Um, A connection here. It says, uh, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. um, There's several ways you could take that, but the way I'm kind of taking it is basically saying, I don't want knowledge of God's will just for the sake of knowing it. I want to know God's will for the sake so that I can have also discernment in my situation and bring wisdom to bear on my life circumstances, right? So there's one thing to kind of know, um, you know, just kind of like having a flash card. Okay, what is God's will? Okay, rejoice always, which is actually, we know that to be God's will. It's in a verse. Um, you know, so how does that apply in my situation now, right? And it takes discernment and it takes wisdom to take the knowledge that we have of God's will and then apply it in our everyday life, doesn't it? And Paul's praying to that end. He's praying, I, I pray that you guys would know God's will and that you'd have discernment on how it's going to work out in your life. right? And we all need that. I mean, that's, you know, you don't know what to pray for somebody? Pray this for them. Pray that they would know what God's will is and that would God would give them spiritual discernment to apply it in what's going on right now because they need that. We all need that. Okay. Um, because that's really, in a sense, what wisdom is. It's the application of knowledge. The application of knowledge. All right, now, so, um, so why is he praying this? So, the, the, This first prayer request relating to, why is he praying that they would, un, they would understand God's will? There's a goal for that. There's a goal for that. It's, it's not just so that they would do God's will, which they, he wants them to do. Not just that. Um, In verse 10, he kind of gives us a glimpse of the goal of this part of his prayer. He says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Now, we heard that in another prayer that we examined, right? So I don't want to kind of pick that part, pick that apart. But just that we would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. So just that we would live lives, Christian lives, if we know Christ, we would live our lives in, in a way that's pleasing to Him. Right? And that's that's really um the heart of the Christian would be like, that's what I want to do. I want to do what pleases the Lord, not so that we can earn his love because we could never earn his love. Okay? He's demonstrated his love he, he you know on the cross and the, and so we we can't earn that. It's not like our lives are supposed to be performance based, they're grace based, but he's saying, you know a response to having experienced the grace of God. Is to want to live a life that's pleasing uh, to the Lord, and again, that should be on our goal list. That should be on our regular prayer list ourselves, as well as praying for each other, is that we would not only pray that we'd have, you know, be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual discernment and wisdom, but also to the end, to the end, that we would live lives that are pleasing to God. Um, and that's that's what Paul's praying for them, that they would live lives that are pleasing to God. Now, and then he says, look at the next part. He says, bearing, you know, of course, a life that is fully pleasing to him. This is the way the ESV puts it. It has a colon there. So the translator is saying that what follows is probably what they think is a life that's pleasing to God. So it says, bearing fruit in every good work, So that would be a life that's pleasing to God. If we're, we're We're living out as I mentioned in ephesians one ten our lives that where God's called us to a purpose right to do good works uh for him is that we would bear fruit spiritual fruit in every good work, and that would be a life that's pleasing to god right so that's what we ought to be that's what we ought to be praying for each other that's what he's praying for them. I pray that you would be a person who is uh living a life pleasing to God so that when you do good works for God that there's actually a spiritual impact there. There's, there's spiritual fruit. Okay? Um, and the other thing that's kind of, this actually kind of links back to um, the opening part of chapter 1 of, of uh, to the Colossians. I'll just read, uh, it's the end of verse 5. So Colossians 1, 5, the end of verse 5 and all of 6, which says this, The gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing. So this idea of bearing fruit, right? He, Paul's linking it with the gospel. The gospel is bearing fruit, right? It's, the, seed is, the seed is being scattered. It's, 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 uh, it's, 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 some of it's going on good soil and it's sprouting up and uh, some people are coming to faith. Right? And that's what's happened to the Colossians. They are living evidence of the spiritual fruit of the gospel. Right, And then he uh, says, As indeed it is in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth. And the reason I'm bringing that up is just simply to see that the gospel has borne spiritual fruit in their lives and they are looking to do good works that would also bear fruit, right? So the gospel has already um, done stuff in their lives, saved them, and and the, he's seeing the fruit, right, the love they have for each other. But then he's also just uh, here in this prayer praying that they would bear good fruit. Then this is kind of a little perplexing because he's saying a life that's fully pleasing to God is increasing in the knowledge of God. But he kind of already prayed that they would grow, that they would know what the will of God is, right? That they would grow in that. But I wonder if is simply he's saying, like, as you're, as you're filled with the knowledge of God's will, that's going to also come back around and you're going to want to continue to grow in the knowledge of God's will. So as you, as you take it in, as you grow in the knowledge of God's will, then you're, also want to incre- you're going to want to increase more in the knowledge of God. I think that's really what he's saying. A life fully pleasing to God is bearing spiritual fruit and is increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, I think this is good for us because we can, we can again, This is like I feel like this prayer request for us could be kind of in a spiritual assessment of sorts. Be saying, like, is my, is my life desirous? Do I desire to know God's will? Um, do i Do I bring His will that I do know um, to apply to my daily life? Am I actually bringing God into those situations and his truth to bear uh, and then do i am I praying that my life would bear fruit for god right? I, that's God wants that to happen uh, it's fruit in terms of character development in our lives as well as um, gospel. Uh, impact on the people around us, right, as we share Christ and share our lives with them, are we praying for that to to happen and uh I just share just something little here. this is not nothing big but um but i had been i have had uh a desire to meet uh, one of my particular neighbors um i want to want to meet all my neighbors i don't want you to get the impression like there's only certain people I care to meet. Okay, <laughs> let me just get that on there. That's not what I meant, but like, you know, God lays people on your heart sometimes, right? And um, and recently, I won't give you any of the details, uh, um, but but just, uh, and I'm talking. This has been since we moved to Grove City, and God made that happen uh, this past week. Um, I don't I don't mean just like an introduction because I've already had the introduction. I mean like an hour-long conversation. And that was just, that was just a God thing. I, I'm, I'm no question that God was answering that prayer. Um, I don't know what he'll do with all that. But I'm just saying that's the kind of thing. It's like we go to James. He, when, when James says, you have not because you asked not. And I say, we have to take these things to God. People are on his heart. The gospel, God wants to see the gospel go throughout the whole earth. And so we have to be praying, though. We have to be praying for these things. And, and uh, So just talking about fruit-bearing. God, I want to bear fruit for you in the character of Jesus in my life as well as impact, prayer for impact. And uh, this probably goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> you know, anybody that says that, you know they're going to say it, right? <laughs> just, you know, I don't know why we say that. Um, but anyway... Um years ago there was a there was a book written. I think his name was Mark Middleberg. It was on evangelism, but there was this one thing that he said that struck me that kind of sticks out to me, and that was when he, you talk about evangelism and kind of the, the we are the we are not only light but we're salt and he was saying like you know salt has to come into contact there's different ways to look at those scriptures I've heard you know that there's salt as a preservative and the impact of believers on the world as it kind of preserves righteousness, you know, and so on. But another way to think about it is potentially just thinking about it like for salt to, ha- um, to really do its job, it has to come into contact with that which it needs to be impacted. And um, this is a little bit of the master of the obvious that I'll be stating is that but if we don't have contact with people that do Jesus, the chances are we're probably not going to see any spiritual fruit happen there. We have to think about that. That's um, not a guilt trip. That's just kind of saying you have to think through and pray through. Um, if you have limited contact, what could you do to have more, if it's possible? Some people just, you know, again, I, I mentioned, you know, people that are homebound. I mean, that that's a reality. Uh, but um, but even there, maybe God's got people in that same environment that. He wants you to impact for Christ, but just think about that. You know what? What kind of exposure and uh, do you have to people that they don't know the Lord? Um, it, if it's very limited, ask God to show you people that He has there that maybe you're not seeing. You know what I'm saying? We have to have eyes to see too, um, spiritual eyes. So, all right. So that, that's that's enough on the on the fruit bearing, but He's praying that they would you know, discern, have spiritual knowledge with discernment right, of God's will and to apply it in their lives so that they would live a life pleasing to God, which would be fruit-bearing and increasing into the knowledge of God. Let's get to the second part of what he asked. So he doesn't just pray for knowledge uh, to be filled with, um, with the knowledge of God's will, but he also prays the following. Praying that they would have strength to endure and persevere. Strength as they went, you know, Christian life, you've probably heard this before, it's not a sprint. It is a marathon. If you if you follow Jesus for any length of time, you realize, um, you know, it's just not all puppy dog tails and roses or whatever thing you might think is a really just a great time all the time type of thing. Um I mean, certainly the Christian life is uh, following Jesus is, 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 the, is the path of joy, um, but it's a narrow path, right? Jesus described it as a narrow path, and it's a difficult path. Um, if you, has anybody here ever read Pilgrim's Progress? Okay, um, I'd commend it to you. I read it in the children's version, <laughs> mainly because uh, you know, the old English version I just didn't get into that much. But there are modern renditions of it. But the whole idea is that you know he's on a pilgrimage to the celestial city, heaven, and he has a conversion experience and so on. This guy's name is Christian, right? He and John Bunyan wrote this book, and and all the characters are named. How would you call it? Kind of like after, um, you know, just like Christian is named Christian. They all, all the characters have odd names to us, but. They relate to what their function is in the book. Um, but but I just bring that up to say that uh, you know, our, our life is a, is a spiritual journey, walk with Christ, and it's gonna we're gonna need the strength of God, right? If we're gonna be faithful. And I really think right now, that's one of the things that God's been kind of laying on my heart. We're in a we're in a world today. That I uh, and, and again, we, maybe somebody could say this 200 years ago and I didn't live there. And they could probably say, we're in the same kind of situation. But we're in a world today where we, we need to focus in on uh, not only getting the gospel out, but being faithful. We need to be faithful to the call uh, of God on our lives. We need to be faithful to the scriptures. We need to be, you know We have to be faithful. Because there's a lot of pressure to not be faithful. There's a lot of pressure uh, to to give in on certain uh, uh, ethical areas um, of life that the Scripture clearly speaks to, and so um, so anyway, this this whole prayer of strength. So where are we get this from? Uh, verse 11 here in Colossians 1. It says, "Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might." So Paul's praying that praying for strength. And that's what we got to pray for each other, right? I mean, even in our little church here, you don't know what's going on in everybody's life. I don't know what's going on in everybody's life. But when we pray for one another, we better be praying for spiritual strength and for perseverance. Because there's battles going on in our minds and for our hearts every day. And like Paul, we need to be in there just regularly. You know, use the phone list. I don't care what you do. Go through the phone list. Take five names a day. I don't know. Um, Don't just pray for those in your small group. Certainly pray for those people. Uh, But I'm just saying, we need to cover each other uh, for prayers for strength uh, with all power, according to God's glorious might, for the purpose of endurance and patience with joy. Right? And so uh, some of us need that prayer patience with joy. Right? Because we're in a we were in a holding pattern right now in some area of our life and we're just like, "Come on, God. You know, I'm kind of tired of being in this spot." Um, but that we might be patient with joy, right? Trusting God. And um so we this is Paul's prayer. He's just he's just praying for strength, right? Uh and, and that's exactly what we need to do. We need to be praying that God would supply the strength to persevere. You know, it's just—I uh, remember, and I, I may have shared this before. I—I I, I can't remember. I mean, you know, I can't remember a lot of things now. But, but at any point, uh, maybe you can't either. So that's great. You know, uh, you know your your loss of memory is my gain. I don't know, since I can't remember either one that I told you. Anyway. Uh, I heard a, I was at a Promise Keepers event one time, and I think it was Steve Farrar, who's gone to be with the Lord now, he gave a message, and he talked about how he had um, written on the flyleaf of his Bible a bunch of leaders, Christian leaders, that he was good friends with. And um, it was, he was basically um, saying that over time, some of, and these were people who were following hard after God, And uh, I I don't remember the number. There might have been 10 names in the fly leaf, but I would say he said at least seven of those names had been crossed off because they weren't following Jesus anymore. I I don't mean like not in the ministry anymore. I mean like not following Jesus. Yeah. And it's just, and so, you know, I'm just trying to put the emphasis on, um, doesn't matter whether somebody's in ministry or not, we all need strengthening prayers, persevering prayers, uh because again sometimes we don't know the battles that are going on inside of every person right but we need to be uh faithfulness knowing that there is a battle right knowing that there is a battle and that what is what if you're saved what can the devil do what's the, well try to sideline you right i mean he can't he can't pull he can't take you down to hell with him if you're saved okay So, what can he do? Try to sideline you. Try to get you distracted. He certainly doesn't want you sharing Christ. Definitely not that. But if he can get you discouraged, if he can get you to thinking about throwing in the towel spiritually, right? That would be a great gain for him, right? Because there would be limited kingdom impact. So, please, please, let's pray for each other on these things, right? It's very important. All right. Now, Paul ends his prayer by giving thanks to God for three things. Um, and we'll kind of go through these fairly quickly. Uh, but but just, let's just take a look here what, what he ends this, um, by giving thanks. He says in verse 12, um, giving thanks to God the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. That's one thing. And then he has, verse 13, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. And verse fourteen, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, Let me just make some thoughts available to us here on these three things. So it's in verses twelve to fourteen that we're looking at Paul's kind of giving thanks to God for several things, and these are all these things are all applicable to us because if you're a believer, these are things that we can give thanks to God for. Okay, if you're having a hard time thinking of something to be thankful for, these are things that are true of every Jesus follower, everyone who's been saved by the grace of God, covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every one of these things. One is we can be thankful for our inheritance. Be thankful for our inheritance. Um, And we're like, I didn't know I had an inheritance coming. You know? Uh, Spiritually speaking, you do, if you're a Christ follower. Um, How about, these are just several things I'll mention to you. I don't have, well, here's the verses, but the Romans 8.23. Here's what Romans 8.23 says. It says, uh, it talks about the groaning of creation and so on. Uh, It says, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. And so that's part of our inheritance. We've got a new body coming. Woo! Yeah, yeah, by golly, there better be a whoop on that because. My knees are falling apart, and who knows what else of yours is falling apart? I don't really want to know right now. But I'm just saying, you know, isn't that wonderful? Right? Uh, And we have every reason to believe, I think, that our glorified bodies would be that similar to that of Christ Jesus, you know, Uh, his resurrected body. Um, uh, So, anyway, so part of our inheritance is a glorified body. And then also of our inheritance is, it mentions here in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11, talking about the kingdom of God. It says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God and such were some of you but you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God so he's saying listen uh the you know you have an inheritance now he gives the whole group you know basically saying you know sinners not saved by the grace of God right i mean those the listing of sins is not exhaustive here he's just simply saying If you're not saved from your sin, right, uh, then you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But if you know Christ as Savior, you will inherit the kingdom of God. Right? Heaven is is, is definitely uh, secured for you, as well as uh, just the the rule and reign of Christ in your life now, right? Um, Now, you may Maybe you thought of this, maybe you didn't, but 1 Peter 3.18 tells us another aspect of our inheritance, which is really the big kahuna, okay? And that is God himself. We get God, okay? That's what this verse says, 1 Peter 3.18. Listen to this. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, what? That he might bring us to God, right? That's... That's what happens when you're saved. We, we, we get God, whereas we didn't have him before, right? I mean, we were separated from him, lost in our sins, right? But when we come to faith in Jesus, he brings us to God. and We have a relationship with him, and we will see him, right, face to face one day. And so that's part of our inheritance. Now, that's just, guys, this is just like three things, but amazing things. Uh, and the fact that we could know God Himself is just amazing. Um, and, and so uh, that's that's so that's part of that um that verse there as he as he uh, let me pull up my thing here. As it was mentioned here, he says in verse 12, giving thanks to God who has qualified you to share it in the inheritance. Because you know Jesus, check your in on the inheritance. All right? He's, that's what it means. He's, you're qualified, right? Um, all right, what's next? Glad you asked. All right, our deliverance. So again, something to give thanks to to God for is our deliverance. As he says here in Colossians 1.13, he says, He has delivered you from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. That's We're talking about this happens here. Like, when someone comes to faith, you know, you're, you're, you're immediately transferred to a whole different kingdom, you know, even though you're still in the same space, right? Uh, but it's a spiritual kingdom, right? Before you come to faith, you're actually part of Satan's kingdom, the domain of darkness, right? And he's, he's got you where he wants you, but when the gospel comes and we become awakened to the things of God... And Jesus becomes attractive to us in, that, in a sense, spiritually speaking, um, then it all changes, right we are it says there uh, we are trans uh, we delivered from the domain of darkness, right That just implies that uh, you are captive, right If you're being delivered from something, you were captive. you were held captive by Satan in his uh, domain and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, um, who is now. You know, your benevolent king ruling over your life. Um, It has been said in song before, you're going to serve somebody, right? And that is a truth, okay? It's a scripture truth. You're either going to serve God or you serve Satan. This depends on which kingdom you're a part of. The only way to become a part of the kingdom of God, right, is to put your faith in Christ, recognizing him as the Lord of all and the one who went to the cross that we might be saved, right? Put our faith, lock, stock, and barrel in Jesus, and then you can be transferred to the kingdom of of His beloved Son. And that's what I I think is that you know I just love that His beloved Son. Like, um, I'm certainly beloved by God, but also that I I just think about somebody's beloved. That's a that's a beautiful thing. It's it's an encouraging thing. Is that when we think about okay, if Jesus is my Lord, I let Him call the shots. Some people think of that as like. Oh, that, you know, what what are you gonna wanna do you want to put your life under somebody else for? Why don't you just kinda of do what you want? You know, well see that kind of freedom that people talk about is not real freedom. It's actually an enslavement of sorts to um, our own devices if we go that way, right? But it's so much better to be under the rule and the reign of Jesus, our king, because he always has our best in mind, right? All right, and then lastly, uh, Third thing that we can give thanks to God for, and that Paul gives thanks to God for here, is our forgiveness. In verse 14, again, what does he say? He says, um, In whom we have redemption, right? He's redeemed us, he's bought us back with his blood on the cross, right? The forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. There's so many people living today, living now, maybe even here, just like weighed down by their sin. And there's forgiveness in Christ. There's release. There's forgiveness, past, present, future sins, if we have come and put our faith in Christ. And he's saying this is something that you should thank God for, is our forgiveness, right? Um, God has, he uses different metaphors in the scriptures to describe how much he's forgiven us, right? As far as the east is from the west, right? Or it's like he's he's thrown our sins into the the depths of the sea is another uh, visual that we get uh, in the Old Testament. But just this idea is that you know, and, and you know, some people say he threw him into the depths of the sea and he put a sign, no fishing, right? Uh, now that's extra scripture there, uh, extra scriptural. But but the idea is that God's not gonna. He's not holding that against us now when you have Jesus, right? He knows about it. It's not like, you know, he has a memory problem, but he chooses that when we, when we accept Christ, he chooses us to look through Jesus. He looks at us through the lens of Jesus, right? And he sees us uh, through the righteousness of, of Jesus Christ. Um, and we're forgiven. That's very freeing because uh, the fact that we keep on sinning um, you know, even though we want to do what's right as believers, and He keeps on forgiving, um, is amazing. Is amazing because we are not like that a lot. Okay, okay, all right. So, it is a wonderful prayer. Uh, this is something we need to be praying again for each other, um, and um, may God help us to be faithful in it. Okay, let's let's go to God. Lord, we thank you so much for the example we see here with Paul. We thank you, God. Uh, we, we, I just want to pray these things for us. God, help us, Father, to be filled with the knowledge of your will. And not just know information about your will, but God, help us to, to want to do it, to want to do your will, and to, to see, to grant us wisdom, God. I just think about Solomon. He asked for wisdom. Now, we ask for wisdom on how to apply the knowledge of your will to our daily lives. And, and some people sitting here may have some specific things right now they're thinking of that they need your discernment on. They need spiritual discernment. God, grant it, I pray. And Lord, we also just pray that the result of this, that we would, we would walk in a manner that's pleasing to you, that's, that's worthy of you. And, and God, as a result... We would bear fruit, spiritual fruit, spiritual, uh, Christ-like character in every good work that you lead us to do. And God, may all of this increase our desire to know you more, to pursue the Scriptures, to pursue to know you more. And Father, we do pray that you would strengthen the hands that are weak here today spiritually, God. We would strengthen um, with all power according to your glorious might so that we would endure, so that we would be patient with joy. And Father, we just want to thank you too. We give thanks to you that you have qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. And We just listed a few things that we know are the benefits, if you will, of knowing Jesus. There's so many more, so many more. Thank you, God, that you delivered us from the domain of darkness. So many of us here have various stories of what you've delivered us from, and we give thanks to you for that. Father, we thank you for your your limitless forgiveness to those who are in Christ. So encouraging God. We ask and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.